My name is Grace. And I'm Linnea. Linnea. What? I have a present for you. I, I mean, I you know, because you've seen it and we drove here together and I told you that I had a present but for I'm you. I'm so excited and I, I have no idea what it is. I have no idea why I'm getting this special gift. I, I hope this will be some good asthma. You ready? Yeah. Wait. Ooh. So <laughs> my friend Neil, Neil McIsaac, he was the one who helped us out with the sitting bowl episode. Yeah. Shout out to Neil. Yeah. And he was home for a little bit. And when he came home, he was like... I went to this event in Toronto a few years ago where they aired some of the original Heritage Minutes, but in like a movie. So you like go to a movie theater, you sit down, they watch them. And then as you left, you got this souvenir. Wow. And so everyone in that theater that day, him and his friend went. And so they got these posters of Heritage, Shut classic up. Heritage Minutes. No way and he was like i thought you guys might want them so we got <gasps> angus mcphail oh. we'll take some pictures and we'll put them on our instagram oh my gosh is this and normal it, so it's like a minimalist version of the minute That's so like the lead so person cool um, it's number so what number it was when it came like oh which, gosh, when it came that out is so cool and it also has uh one of the famous quotes from them a minute so for angus mcphail or agnes mcphail excuse yeah. me i always say angus agnes mcphail it is is this normal oh wow and then <laughs> we got our boy oh James Naismith. It's our boy. Which I think this poster solidifies the fact that he looks like Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. They look so similar. So this one, this his is number eight, and his is, uh, let's cut the bottom out of these baskets. <laughs> oh, that is so great. We so have to frame these, and we can put yeah. them in the new BNB studio. Yeah, when we move into our new studio, we'll get yeah. these bad boys framed, and then we'll kind of, you know, we'll put them up in our new home. That is so great. Yeah, so thanks, Neil. I love this so much. Thank you, I Neil. I think they're super cool. It would be awesome if we could, like, collect them. Because I think... Yeah. I don't know how many were made, but I think it's most of the original ones. Like, I've seen a, like... I've definitely seen a Laura Secord one. That's so I've cool. I've definitely seen a Jacques Plante one. Um, so, yeah. It's a series. I think the artwork is by Christopher Hemsworth. And so it's Christopher Hemsworth. .ca. That's what the wow. uh, the reference is at the bottom of the poster. Hmm. But yeah, thanks Neil for our thanks, Neil. for some cool souvenirs. That's so cool. Awesome. Wow, I feel so special. I feel so seen. Right <laughs> so seen, so heard. Yeah. And do you want to know what we're doing for this week's episode? I do. I thought the gift was going to be a clue, but it's not a clue. It's actually no, it's not um, related, unfortunately. So yeah, I'd love. Maybe to know. I could have paired that a little better. But no, 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 no. that's great. But I, uh, no, I I do. I want to know. I'm excited. I thought we should like go back to our roots. I think <sighs> what we're best at. Okay. What do we love? We love when people die. We love when people die, but we also love vulnerable men. Yes, in vulnerable sports. men in sports who cry. And so. Today we're going to do Jackie Robinson and the Montreal Royals. Yes. I'm going to cry right now. (laughs) I didn't cry writing this one, but there are a few moments where it's just like, because I didn't really know the story that well. Like I I knew that he, Jackie Robinson is the man largely recognized for breaking the color barrier Mm -hmm. in Major League Baseball in the United States, though he's not the first black player. No. Um, There was like black players and then there was segregation and he's kind of like the first to formally break that color barrier. And he was also phenomenal. One of the greatest baseball players of all time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Even without the like added layer of racial tension around his, his career. But I really didn't know much about the context of the Heritage Minute because the Mm -hmm. Heritage Minute is him breaking the color barrier in the like minor farm league leading up to his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, it's before he's he's playing in the MLB. And I was a little hesitant when I went in because I was like, because it shows him coming out on the field and the Mm -hmm. Montreal fans love him and they're like clapping for him and stuff. And I was like, is this just going to be another case of like, 
white people like being like, look how great Canada was to this black player. Then he went like it was so hard for him in the U.S. But his wife and him, they were both pretty prolific writers as Uh well. And so going through it, I was like, oh, they did like they really loved Montreal. Like it was like it was a really good experience for them, actually. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, that's what you like to hear. I know it made me it did make me feel it's like I know this doesn't make everything better, but it does make me feel like, okay, sometimes we get it right. Like every once in a while. I'm doing a sports. Yeah. And it's like, and sports, it's like, I feel like is such a good place to talk about race in so many ways because it is not that sports is apolitical. Mm -hmm. I don't don't think anything is, but Mm -hmm. you can detach it a little bit from it and just be like, look at this person's merit. Like, look how valuable and talented they are. How can you deny them anything? It's very true. I think it's the same um, in writing. Uh, where yeah for sure you it's easier to just judge by the quality of the work mm-hmm. it's why I think you know women who writ- wrote under male pen names yeah still had such success because it's not it doesn't matter your gender or your class or your color like the color of your skin it's yeah. it's if you can do that and I think it's the same like that in sports yeah because I think it's all about pro- production it's like can oh, exactly. you write a good book yeah can you you know Score a home run. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know baseball. <laughs> yeah. What's a baseball? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to do kind of like everything that brought Jackie to Montreal. So we're not going to go into his MLB career because okay. this could be like a four part episode. Well, if we say. wanted to do like his early life, yeah. his baseball career, his activism post career. Yeah. Like his and his MLB career was quite, uh, quite spectacular, quite profound. Yeah, it was like he had an incredible career as a baseball player once he finally managed to break into the major leagues well, and he played for mostly for the Brooklyn Dodgers mm-hmm. but a few other teams and as well. And just such a beloved player. Yeah, like that was definitely the impression I got going through is just like he he was a converter. Like people yeah. who went in being like black people can't play in this league walk away and they're like, oh, this is like a good man. Like yeah. this, this man deserves everything yeah. that a white player should be allowed to have. Yeah. And it's interesting because we'll go into it a little bit of like we talked about when we talked about the Rosa Parks protest and how it was kind of planned, like, yeah. like she was a chosen figurehead. Yeah. He has a kind of a similar pressure behind yeah. him because it wasn't a, an accident that he's the first player to break segregation in MLB. Right. And yeah, and just quite quite recently, in the last couple of years, uh, one of our favorite things, a sports movie, <laughs> uh, came out about Jackie Robinson and about his life and kind of his struggles. And he's just, even the movie, there's no point in the movie where you feel like, oh, like, I have to grow to like like this guy. Like he just, he's just portrayed as such a wonderful human being. Yeah, I think the the impression I got after researching him is like I think he did have a lot of anger. Yeah. But it it's a it's a justified anger that you can relate right. to. You're like, of course, you're like you're angry in the face of injustice. Yeah. You're not like angry for no reason. And to go and back And he didn't have an easy life. Yeah. Even by like minority standards. Like his right. childhood his upbringing as we'll get into is like pretty rough. Yeah. And to go back to what you were saying it does kind of touch on in the movie a bit that he was kind of the chosen one to go forth and break the color barrier. In yeah, baseball. which is so much pressure. Oh it's my like gosh. The future careers of every black baseball player mm-hmm. is on your shoulders right now. And he just seems like the type of person who would just take that. He wouldn't take that for granted. Yeah. And it takes it stoically but mm. uh, you can tell it takes a toll it's as a lot well. of pressure yeah, yeah it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah so let's get into the life of jackie robinson let's and up to his career in montreal yes so jack jackie roosevelt robinson <laughs> was born on january 31st 1919 his middle name was in memory of former president theodore roosevelt who died 25 days before he was born <laughs> love that guy <laughs> <laughs> imagine it's just like all middle names are for the most recent that dead leader of the country. <laughs> this, Who died this month? Yeah, this month. Oh, Roosevelt. Great name. I think Roosevelt should come back, though. I think. <gasps> yeah. I feel like the Roosevelt's. I guess it's more of a last name. I think it's more of a last name. I think it could become a first name. 
Yeah, I think we could bring it back. I think it could be like Margaret, which is shortened to Peggy. It could be Roosevelt shortened to Teddy. Margaret shortens to Peggy? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Peggy's Cove How? is actually a woman named Margaret who survived the shipwreck. Where does the P come from? Why does William shorten to Bill? I'll never that's know true. these things. That's, that's a good one. That's true. <laughs> and why does um, Richard shorten to Dick? Don't know. Things well, I'll never know. we do know. <laughs> Have you ever met a nice Richard? Just kidding. Sort of. Any Richards, Richards listening? or Ricks or um, Riches out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peggy <laughs> is the short form of I never of thought Margaret. of that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, his middle name's Roosevelt. <laughs> and he and doesn't go by Teddy. the most interesting thing about him. Um so his parents were poor sharecroppers in Cairo, Georgia. So sharecropping was a system of farming mm-hmm. that replaced slavery in the American South, where poor tenant farmers who were usually black farmed the lands of rich landowners for a share of the crops at the end of the season. So like groundskeepers with an added benefit. So it's like the plantation owners mm-hmm. would divvy up their their lands and rent to a black farmer but they don't get profit they get some of the crops at the end of the season but it's it's really a design system designed to keep poor blacks poor and subjugated poor people poor rich people richer yeah Yeah. jackie was the youngest of five children Mm -hmm. when jackie was a baby his father jerry left the family leaving his mother mally to raise the robinson kids Mally moved her family out of Georgia to Pasadena, California in 1920 with some extended family. The Robinsons settled into a residential plot that had two small homes on it at 121 Pepper Street in Pasadena, California. So it's like... Sounds cute. Yeah, him and some cousins and like the family, they all live on this one I uh, bet they played lots of uh, baseball (laughs) in the streets. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Growing up in relative poverty in an otherwise affluent community, Jackie and his minority friends were excluded from many recreational opportunities. Jackie, like many impoverished youth, sought out community and income by joining local gangs, but his friends convinced him to quickly abandon it. So, you know, you, you hit a crossroad really were early. Out for him. Yeah. So, you know, he, he didn't join a gang in the end, which is which is good. <laughs> that is good. That is good. In 1935, Jackie began attending John Moyer High School. And for the first time, he got to display his athletic prowess. Mm. His older brothers, Frank and Mac, had already attended and shown how athletic the family was. In fact, the following summer, Mac would go on to attend the 1936 Summer Olympics in Berlin, where basketball was first demonstrated. So that's oh, we've talked about that one. That's cool. Um, but Mac was... Who knew? Jackie Robinson's brother was on the team. Yeah. And pretty cool. So Mac was a track star, and he would win silver medal in the 200-meter race, losing to Jesse Owens. Oh, very cool. I believe. That might be wrong, but I believe so. And so it's funny to go on and be like, my brother was an Olympic medalist, but I'm the one. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what do you got to do in this thing? (laughs) I got some recognition. I went to the Olympics, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. At Moyer. Uh, and won a medal. And won a medal. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite, I don't know if you watch Archer. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes in Archer is when um, they're talking to one of the spies that he's just like, it's, he's just like, I've been to the Olympics. Yeah. And you lost. He's like, coming third isn't losing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. At Moyer, Jackie played several sports at the varsity level and he lettered in four of them. So he lettered in football, basketball, track, and baseball. Mm-hmm. He was also a member of the tennis team. So he's the quarterback of the football team. <laughs> he played guard in basketball. Mm-hmm. He won awards in broad jump for track and field. And in baseball, he was the school's catcher and shortstop. Hmm. In 1936, Jackie earned a spot in the Pomanoa Annual Baseball Tournament all-star team which also included future hall of famers ted williams and bob lemon oh cool so like he's on this team and there's three future hall of famers and they don't even know and it they don't even know it yet in late january 1937 the pasadena star newspaper reported that robinson quote for two years has been the outstanding athlete at moyer starring in football basketball track <laughs> baseball and tennis <laughs> he just does it all does it all 
So Jackie moved on to Pasadena Junior College. He continued to play four sports. In baseball, he stopped playing catcher and became the team's lead-off hitter. Mm. He also broke the school's broad jump record, which had previously been held by his brother, Mac. <laughs> so also now he's breaking the Olympians' Record. records at the school that they attended. Poor Mac. Poor Mac. <laughs> no one remembers Mac Robinson. I'm gonna this week. I'll uh, I'll post about Mac on yeah. our Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> In 1938, he was elected to the All-Southland Junior College team for baseball and selected as the region's most valuable player. The same year, Jackie was one of 10 students named to the school's Order of the Mast and Dagger, awarded to students performing outstanding service to the school and whose scholastic and citizenship record is worthy of recognition. Oh my God, so, so he's this smart. Boy's like a triple threat. <laughs> he's like smart. He's also like a good citizen. And he's good at sports. He's probably funny, too. He's probably pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I, you know, like that smile. Oh, I know. Got a great smile. He's a, he's a, very he is handsome. a good looking man. Jackie Robinson was very handsome. Yeah, he was very handsome, especially in his, uh, in his heyday playing baseball. He, uh, he was, he was one of the, honestly, though, if you look back, like if you think of people in baseball, they mm -hmm. were all kind of lanky. And he was lanky or like shorter, like depending yeah. on your positions. And he came in and he was just like, he's like, I'm, bi I'm built. He, yeah. He's just built. Yeah. 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 I think it brought a different style of baseball. To yeah. I mean, like you think of like Babe Ruth and that was like his whole thing. Like he was good because he was like a big guy. Yeah. And he could just slug it. Yeah. And then Jackie Robinson comes in. He's like a fit big guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm an athlete. Yeah. He's just an I athlete. I know you guys, you baseball players are unfamiliar with the premise, <laughs> but I'm an athlete. <laughs> but it's also one of those things of when you are forced to play in other leagues, like so mm, in baseball, yeah. it's the Negro Leagues, which yeah, I know that's a derogatory yeah. term, but no, no, no. the Negro Leagues and that's it's a different style of play it's a different style yeah. of baseball and so yeah. you come from that background bring that to major league baseball and it's yeah. just like well you're gonna stand out yeah here and, it is and here it is <laughs> despite his glowing reputation race and racism was increasingly becoming a problem for jackie mm -hmm. so as he's no longer a boy and he's becoming like as you say like a fit black man yeah he becomes an increasingly uh, the target of racism well, he, especially like systemic racism he becomes a threat yeah he's not yeah which he's, is, he's not like we're here rolling our eyes but that yeah that's yeah. like definitely he became like scary scary yeah. yeah so he's not like yeah this poor black boy that you should pity now he's like a black man that you should fear mm. on january 25th 1938 he was arrested after vocally disputing the detention of a black friend by police Jackie received a two-year suspended sentence, but the incident, along with other rumored run-ins between Jackie and the police, gave Jackie a reputation for combativeness and impatience in the face of racial antagonism. So that's the thing. Wow. Yeah. Impatience. He has a really, yeah, he has a really short fuse with the police, which are just arresting him because he's, he's black. black. Yeah. Ugh. It's like yeah. weird. It's like, yeah, it's like, that's weird. That's so immature. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, society sucks. <laughs> so when Jackie was 19, his older brother, Frank, to whom he felt closest of all of his brothers, died in a motorcycle accident. Because of this, Jackie decided to attend the University of California, Los Angeles, so he could stay close to Frank's young family. Okay. So he's going to, like, try and be there for the what family of What a freaking good guy. I know. Jackie began attending UCLA in 1939 and became the school's first athlete to win varsity letters in four sports, baseball, basketball, football, and track. <laughs> how does it, like, how, how? I don't know. Where do you get the time? Where also, do you it says that he's time? good at school, too. Well, so. yeah, like, he's, he's, like, good at, like, he, and he has to be even more so because of the color of his skin, I feel like. I feel like mm -hmm. you have to be a good person and a, but a, like to the a, nth degree yeah like a great person a great athlete a great student otherwise it has to be undeniable no one's gonna take him seriously so that's just the, so impressive yeah so at the time it seemed like football was gonna be jackie's career path like mm. if he's gonna go pro it's probably gonna be in football mm -hmm. he was one of four black athletes on ucla's football team 
Um, at the time, so few black players were accepted into mainstream college football programs that UCLA's team was the most integrated college football team. So they had four black guys, and that's the most racially diverse football team in all of the United States. Think about football teams uh, now in the United States. I know. And the, the racial... Um, Can you imagine how terrible football would be with a bunch of skinny white guys? <laughs> yeah, it's, it'd be terrible. It would, it would be, be Awful. Awful. <laughs> I'm just thinking about professional sports in general. Yo, yeah, for sure. Without um without black people. Like I, I just like they are at least in, in America, like oh yeah. They are sporting culture. And I a lot of that comes from history of racial segregation where yeah. your only way out is through athletics. Yep, through being successful. Yeah, there's, at, there's yeah. a lot of systemic reasons why you mm-hmm. have a lot of black athletes. Yeah, But the, like you watch the like talent and it's just like yeah. it just to me it seems for a society that is in the United States mm-hmm. and in Canada really yeah. that is so deeply capitalist. Yeah. Yeah. That you, that racism was so deeply ingrained that you would not make a profit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's how deep seated racism is. <laughs> yeah. And that, that really like, that kind of just hits it. Like that's, yeah, that's how deep seated it is, especially, especially in America. And I don't like to put Canada on a pedestal. I really don't. No, but, but there is a difference. There is a difference. It's just a different culture for the most part. Um, and politically as well. Yeah. Just the way things are handled. Yeah. Um, I think the I was reading an article while doing research for this. Yeah. And the best, and it'll be in the sources. I don't remember which one it is off the top of my head. <laughs> but the way that they explain it is that it's like racism is extremely prevalent in Canada. But the difference between the U.S. and Canada is that nation forming and identity forming conflicts were never on the idea of race or at least between blacks and whites. Right. So slavery and institutional racism in the United States is part of the reason why you have the American revolution. Mm -hmm. It is the reason you have the American civil war, like the two most identity defining conflicts in American history are all about race between blacks and whites. And so in Canada, we have similar issues with indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. think that kind of system of racism is a lot more deeply entrenched in Canada. Yes. But when it comes to blacks and whites in Canada, our conflicts rarely are about that. They're more about Catholic and Protestant. Well, I was just going to say religion and and religion and land. So religion, Religion, culture, language. Yeah. Religion, land and language seem to be the things in Canada's history that we've. Our identity. Yeah. (laughs) Identity creating and cause conflict. Yeah. 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 And and definitely you're you're right that in in America, you just kind of look at the history books. It's like the. uh, Yeah. It's just that's kind of what it comes from where it all stems from yeah and it'll go so far as to like i will have worse sports all the time yeah because i'm denying a quarter of the population from being allowed to participate Uh, anyway anyway we'll get off our soapboxes and continue to your regularly scheduled programming back to sports (laughs) now to grace with sports um so meanwhile baseball side of Jackie is so baseball is his worst sport at UCLA quote unquote it's his worst sport like he Um, says this or like others say this (laughs) so it's more just like worst sport in the sense that he was like so he 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 wasn't like terrible right um he only played one season so that's a big part of it um he went four and four in his uh first game and he stole twice he stole home twice mm-hmm. um he did only hit uh zero nine seven though so that's pretty bad yeah that's pretty bad <laughs> so while at ucla jackie met his future wife rachel she was a freshman at ucla and familiar with jackie's athletic career Ooh, rachel, she's a fan she's a fan <laughs> rachel was studying to be a nurse she would eventually go on to become an assistant professor of nursing at yale and the director of nursing at the kinetic 
Connecticut Mental Health Center. So, yeah, his wife is also like a boss and she like has her own career and stuff. (laughs) So the two dated for a year before Jackie left UCLA just shy of graduation to pursue a job as an assistant athletic director with the government's National Youth Administration. After the government ceased the... NYA, so the National Youth yeah. Administration operations. Uh, Robinson traveled to Honolulu in the fall of 1941 to play football for the semi-professional, racially integrated Honolulu Bears. Oh. So after a short season, Robinson returned to California in December of 1941 to pursue a career as a running back for the Los Angeles Bulldogs of the Pacific Coast Football League. Ooh, fancy. By that time, however. The Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor had taken place, which drew the United States into World War II and ended Robinson's nascent football career. So this is like the end of his football career. Hmm. But you got to imagine if, you know, the war hadn't broken out, he probably would have continued to pursue football. And there would be no Jackie Robinson in baseball. No Jackie Robinson in baseball. Maybe we'd have Jackie Robinson, the incredible, like, running back. Running back? So I think at this point he's playing running back. Okay. Um, Because I think as you get higher up in uh, baseball at this time or football at this time, there's the belief that like black people can't play quarterback or middle linebacker. Those are like the smart Ugh. positions. So you can't have black people in those ones. He's a freaking Weird. genius. But yeah, it's like he's smart. <laughs> Anyways, Jackie was commissioned a second lieutenant after some protest over the fact that he was black and applying to be an officer. So he meets all the qualifications to be an officer, but they're like, what did you see him though? Doesn't he know that did we you, don't mean him? Did you? Did, has he seen a mirror? <laughs> Shortly afterward, Jackie proposed to Rachel, Aww. and he was reassigned to Fort Hood, Texas, where he joined the 761st First Black Panthers Tank Battalion. Ooh. On July 6, 1944, Jackie was arrested by military police for refusing to get off an unsegregated bus. Oh my God. It's an unsegregated bus. There's no segregation on the bus, but he's still getting kicked off. I and he's hate in his military that uniform. Shit. Ugh. When questioned by military police and the assistant provost marshal, Robinson was referred to as the N-word lieutenant and not and told not to be not so uppity. The nerve. And they're like, it's so weird that he has a short temper with in oh, the face of it's racism. It's so weird that he's like upset right now. Like, why are, why are you so upset, Jackie? It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> racism. There's racism. <laughs> Jackie confronted the investigating duty officer about the racist line of questioning, and it was recommended Jackie be court-martialed. Oh, my gosh. Jackie's commander refused to authorize the court-martialing, so Jackie was moved to a new battalion where the new commander promptly charged Jackie with multiple offenses, including public drunkenness, even though Jackie didn't drink. So the Now they're commander, just making up lies. Yeah, like the commander refused to court-martial him because he's like he doesn't deserve court-martialing so they're like oh you're gonna we're gonna move your battalion just so we can court-martial you oh my god i hate that the military is great yeah (laughs) while he was eventually acquitted his court-martial proceedings prevented jackie from being deployed with the rest of his unit and therefore he never saw combat even though um so the 761st black panther's tank battalion is like a really famous battalion yeah and for being a black battalion fighting in the first world war or second world war War. um but jackie doesn't get to see action because of this process wow which ultimately is probably for the best yeah (laughs) you know not seeing action is probably for the best but yeah you know for future jackie it's also got to be like all of my friends went and serve their country. Like so, and I was denied the right to serve my country. Like annoying doesn't even like cut it. Like I, like the frustration that you would feel. The like resentment for. Yeah. Because it like, has to feel like I am doing. I'm offering to sacrifice my life. Right. And you're questioning my patriotism. Which, or my sense and my loyalty. I don't. I don't think it's hilarious like funny is not funny is not like the right emotion but like if you hate if you're if you are a person who hates black people so much wouldn't you want to send them all to war 
Like, <laughs> you know, but then like military people are like, <laughs> but you're like, no, 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 you're just not even good enough. You're not good enough to <laughs> die in uniform. Oh, so, man. I just. You might do something brave and we'd have to give you a purple heart. Like, I, ugh. Like, usually I say that it gets worse, but I do promise this story has an upswing. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Instead of seeing combat, he became the athletics coach until his honorary discharge in 1944. Okay. So while coaching Jackie, so he's honorarily discharged because of an injury. So he hurts his ankle pretty early on uh, in his career, apparently, and it would bug him from time to time. Um, and that's how he got discharged. Didn't seem to affect him making it to the Hall of Fame, you know? <laughs> What's your excuse? (laughs) (laughs) This man was racially segregated for his whole life and had a a chronic injury. What's your excuse? (laughs) Do your paper. Do whatever you need to do today. You can do it. Just get up and do it. it. Because if Jackie Robinson can, you can too. While coaching, Jackie met a former player from the Kansas City Monarchs of the Negro American League. Uh, So that's a baseball league. Okay. Who encouraged robinson to write the monarchs and ask for a tryout robinson took the former player's advice and wrote to the monarchs co-owner thomas baird i was like i'm all right he's like i guess i could go back to baseball (laughs) i'm okay at it yeah in early 1945 the kansas city monarchs sent him a written offer to play professional baseball in the negro leagues The Negro Leagues were American professional baseball leagues comprising teams predominantly made up of African-Americans and to a lesser extent, Latin Americans. Okay. Jackie quickly grew frustrated with the Monarchs. Jackie was used to the organization and structure of college sports. Right. Comparatively, the Negro Leagues were disorganized and corrupt with rampant gambling interests. The hectic travel schedule also put a strain on his relationship with Rachel, with whom he could only communicate by letter. Nevertheless, Jackie played 47 games at shortstop for the Monarchs, hitting a 387 with five home runs and registering 13 stolen bases. And he also appeared in the All-Star game. Not so bad. I mean, you know? he's doing all right. And also he's like, oh, I'm a bit rusty. <laughs> oh my God, I haven't this, played baseball in a while. I got this sore ankle. You and know? I got this sore ankle and I've yeah. only been playing football really for the last couple like, of years. I'll give it a go. I guess I'll give it a shot. During the season, Robinson pursued potential major league interests. No black man had played in the majors since Moses Fleetwood Walker in 1884, but the Boston Red Sox nevertheless tried out Jackie at Fenway Park and other black players on April 16th. So they're like, we're going to try out some black players. The tryout, however, was a farce chiefly designed to essentially like... So there was a Boston City Councilman who was a pretty heavy desegregationalist. Okay. And so the Boston Red Sox essentially tried out a bunch of black players as a joke to essentially like rub it in this city councilor's face. Like, look, we're going to try them out. And then we're not going to draft any of them. Yeah. Because Boston is a really racist town to begin with. That sucks. (laughs) So Jackie left left the tryout humiliated and more than 14 years later in july of 1959 the red sox became the last major league team to integrate its roster so yeah to you boston red sox fans you probably could have won a few championships if you just stopped being so racist (laughs) it's really that simple kids that's the thing they're like oh we're cursed it's like no No, you're you're racist racist. (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's a big difference But other teams took a more serious interest in recruiting black players. In the mid-1940s, Branch Rickey, club president and general manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, began to scout the Negro Leagues for a possible addition to the Dodgers roster. Mm -hmm. Rickey was a devout Methodist, and he believed discrimination was wrong. Weird. Okay, thank you, Rickey. (laughs) Everybody should be more like Rickey. (laughs) Just a little bit. He also saw the Negro Leagues as a source of talented players who might give his team an advantage. Okay. There was also pressure to integrate from black and left-wing presses, the MLB, and from New York Mayor uh, LaGuardia. So, oh, the LaGuardia. <laughs> like, like, like that LaGuardia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky knew, however, that integrating the majors would be difficult. He needed a strong player who could handle the pressure and backlash that was sure to come. 
Ricky sent his scouts to teams in the Negro Leagues searching for the right candidate. They found Jackie, then playing for the Monarchs. So like we said earlier, like he's kind of like Rosa Parks in the sense that it's not happenstance that he's the right. first black player it's like in the MLB. He can handle it. Like if anyone's yeah. going to be able to handle that pressure and fame and hate that yeah. you're inevitably yeah. going to have thrust upon you. Yeah. It's, you know, he he is a guy who can probably take that in stride. Yeah. And I think it also says that like Branch, Ricky and the other members of the Dodgers, like they have a mission in mind. They're not just trying to create a great roster. They are trying to integrate the league yeah. like they have a long term, bigger and grander goal in mind and so yeah they know that they like they're conscious of the fact that they need an approach and a plan to make sure that this happens and is successful although there were more talented and experienced baseball players than jackie in the negro leagues jackie was an attract was attractive for other reasons a talented player in his own right he also had experience playing and working in racially mixed environments both in school and in the army right Jackie also had discipline, determination, and courage, all of which would need he would need when he was facing the inevitable racial taunts and threats. Mm -hmm. Ricky told Jackie, I'm looking for a ball player with the guts to not fight back. Ooh. Yeah, that's in the movie. That's like yeah. that's like one of the key <laughs> like scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um and that's like that's like that mic drop moment. It's real. That's a real line. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad that that's real. <laughs> Um, because yeah, that, yeah, it's a good moment. <sighs> Sometimes. Yeah. It's like history is better than, but that's than when fiction. you like are about to say something to fight back and you're just like, Oh, it's just like, I'm just going to swallow that. Yeah. It's like, I just need I you to be, be brave your guy. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could be your man. The first black player in the majors would have to bear abuse stoically focusing on the game and proving his detractors wrong. Jackie agreed and signed with the Brooklyn Dodgers in October of 1945. Before Jackie would appear in a Dodgers uniform, Ricky decided to get him some training by playing for their international farm team, the Montreal Royals. But first, Jackie needed to attend spring training in Florida. The experience was horrendous, according to Rachel. Even getting to training camp was difficult, as the Robinsons were bumped off two flights when their seats were given to white passengers. So twice, they're about to get on the plane, and white people arrive, and they get to take the seats instead. I just, that just irks me. I hate that. <laughs> That's because you're a good person with a conscience. <laughs> yeah. In the end, they decided to complete their journey to Daytona Beach by bus. In the middle of the night, they were told to vacate their reclining seats and move to the back of the bus to make room for white passengers. Once in Florida, the Robinsons were unable to stay at the team hotel, and a number of cities canceled their exhibition games against the Royals because they had black a black player on the roster. What the heck? I just <laughs> oh, canceled my God. the game. But it's also like, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. If you think these people aren't better than you, then you should have no problem playing them. I just, I mean, I know that I sit as a white woman in just this like throne of privilege but god i hate racism like i just oh and especially ugh. when it's something so insignificant as sports oh my i know god. sports mean a lot to people but i think it's, it's so beautiful because at the end of the day it doesn't mean anything it's a game it's just a game and like you're so stuck in your ways that you can't just let it be a game oh i hate that in Syracuse, players on the Chiefs taunted him and one threw a black cat on the field yelling out that it was Jackie's cousin. Better jokes, dude. Like, <laughs> I think a black cat is a pretty, like, racist, racist symbol. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Also, like, you went so far out of your way for, like, you not a great joke. A you cat. had to find a black cat. Not just a cat. A, a black, black cat. <laughs> To like make that just joke. to taunt a guy you don't know, yeah, who's just gonna let it roll right off, water off a duck's back. Yep. After their experience in Florida, the Robinsons were uncertain of what kind of reception they would face in Montreal. Baseball has long been a tradition in Montreal and in the province of Quebec. Baseball became popular in Montreal around the middle of the 19th century. 
According to an article in the New York Clipper from the 1st of September, 1860, Montreal had a formal baseball club, the Elixir, led by President Alex McIntosh that practiced, quote, just above ground of the Montreal Cricket Club. <laughs> the sport also began to gain popularity among the French-speaking population around that time. Cool. Baseball was introduced to Francophone communities in the Montreal region by Franco-American students who had come to study at Quebec colleges. So you have American students studying in Quebec, and they bring with them baseball. Right. And that's how it really starts to get America's cast around. Yeah. America's favorite pastime. But that is something I kind of associate with Quebec. I don't know why, like, French communities like baseball. Yeah. I don't know if that's an accurate stereotype or not, but... I just... I have this vision of, like, very French communities in, like, Quebec. Just the, the, the children are always outside playing something. Whether it be baseball or street hockey or, like, real hockey. Like, I just... It's, like, every real visual hockey. I have... Little kids in Quebec is just them in toques. Sports. Playing something. <laughs> um, Very athletic people. Or at church, you know? Or Good Catholics. Church. One or the other. Or both. <laughs> or, or they can do both. There's a baptism <laughs> happening at the third base. <laughs> <sighs> These students were the children of expatriate Quebecers who had left the province to work in New England. So they're like mm. French-speaking people, but... They, so they come back to Quebec to go to college. Right. In the early 1870s, the sport was increasing in popularity. In 1873, Club Jacques Cartier was established, the first francophone baseball club in Montreal. By the end of the 19th century, there were amateur leagues in both the city and elsewhere in the province. Hmm. In 1897, professional baseball came to Montreal when a team from the minor leagues were relocated from Rochester, New York. Eventually known as the Royals, or the, the Royaux, the team played until 1917 when it was ejected from the league. However, it was revived in 1828 and became affiliated, or the farm team, for the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1939. I have a, I have a Montreal Royals baseball tee. Oh, do you? I do. Cool. Oh, we, we should like get a picture yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. Picture we, of you. We, we can, can post it for our Jackie Robinson. I'll just pose. Uh, the team has a connection with Canadian political royalty. Oh. So Charles-Emile Trudeau, who's the father of Pierre Trudeau and grandfather of Justin Trudeau, was hey, a wealthy... we know that guy. <laughs> I've heard of him once or twice. <laughs> they got like an airport, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what they do. They're pilots. <laughs> Charles-Emile Trudeau, so the father of Pierre Trudeau and grandfather of Justin Trudeau, was a wealthy businessman who invested heavily in the Montreal Royals baseball team. He became a member of the board of directors and eventually the vice president of the team. In 1935, Trudeau died while attending the Royals spring training camp in Florida. Oh no. The headline in La Patrie read, Baseball Loses an Apostle in Monsieur Trudeau. Aww. So you can thank the Trudeau family for the <laughs> Montreal Royals. And some other stuff, you and, know. They yeah. did... Those Trudeaus, they've done some things. They've got an airport. But I think it's baseball. I think baseball's <laughs> their real legacy. <laughs> Thank you. Is the Montreal Royals even a team anymore in the no. minors? <laughs> Great legacy. <laughs> so Rachel recalled their mental state when they came to Montreal from Florida following spring training. We were still shaking from the experience we had before going to Canada. When we got to Montreal, it was like coming out of a nightmare. The atmosphere in Montreal was so positive, we felt it was a good omen for Jack to play well. Aww. While Montreal was far from a utopia, the racism the Robinsons faced in Montreal was far less extreme and violent. The neighbors all spoke French, and the Robinsons only spoke English. Quote, but you couldn't have found nicer people, Rachel mm. added. Jackie and Rachel had gotten married a few months before they moved to Montreal, and Rachel was now expecting their first child. Once Rachel began showing, the eight French-speaking children who lived above the Robinsons always carried her groceries. Oh. The neighbors were all friendly and protective, she said. The, woman came o the women came over and helped me sew my maternity gowns and brought me rationing tickets because they said I needed to eat more meat. Oh, that's so sweet. Jackie was not instantly welcomed on the Royals. When manager Clay Hopper found out that Jackie would be joining them, the Mississippi-born Hopper said that he'd rather die than manage a black player. Uh. Which, 
okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> Do it. I Your life, you. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that changed, if a little begrudgingly, when he saw how well Jackie could play. Doubters among his teammates were also soon won over, and any diehard bigots had the grace to keep their mouths shut. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. Jackie was also soon embraced by Montreal fans for his talent on the baseball diamond. His first game with the Royals was played on the 18th of April, 1946 at Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City. While some opposing fans shouted racial slurs, others, many of them black fans from Harlem, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, cheered Jackie's impressive performance. The Royals won 14-1, to (laughs) while Jackie himself made four hits, including a home run. Robinson said, the only thing the people of Montreal were asking was that I do the best I can possibly, I possibly can for the Montreal ball club. Wow. Which is really sweet. It's like, which has got to be like, so you're, you've been told by the manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, like you are the face of all black players. We are putting all of their hopes and dreams on your back. And then to go to a, a baseball club where they're like, they just want me to play baseball and they just want me to do well. Yeah. And that's all they're asking of me. Like everyone else in my life is yeah. asking me to be this representative for every black man who wants to play baseball. Yeah. And now he just feels the pressure of just being excellent. And he's like, I can and just that's like a and weight. do my best. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a weight lifted. Yeah. It's absolutely. like be perfect. And he's like, we'll do with pleasure. With that's pleasure. all you want. I got it. Yeah. While Jackie faced racial threats and taunts on the road, Royals fans loved him. According to his teammate, pitcher Jean-Pierre Roy, up in the Royals' stands, no one dared insult Jackie. He was black, but in their eyes and hearts, the fans didn't see that. I heard obscenities thrown at him in the U.S. In Montreal, he was always respected as a baseball player. Uh, (laughs) In June, the Montreal Gazette dubbed him the Colored Comet. (laughs) Which is like... Okay. <laughs> it's like Jackie owns the paper and he's like, oh, like so close. But yeah, it's just yeah. like, this hasn't aged well. It's like, uh, yeah. He's Th- great. Thank you. He's black. Thank you for giving me a nickname. <laughs> um, let's just, let's just go with the comet. Yeah. Can I just be the comet? No. <laughs> you're the, you're the colored comet. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie was finding immense success on the Royals. The 27-year-old Jackie led the league in average with a 3-4-9 and runs scored at 113 while stealing 40 bases, driving in 66 runs, and striking out just 27 times. Mm. And what a season the Montreal Royals had, tearing up the AAA International League with a record of 100 uh, wins and 54 losses which is still ranked one of the top minor league seasons ever. That's amazing. After Jackie's season, even Clay Hopper shook his hand and sang his praises, saying, he's a player who must go to the majors. He's a big league ball player, a good team hustler, and a real gentleman. Mm-hmm. So you've even convinced a Mississippi racist that black <laughs> who, player might who be was gonna, Who was going to kill himself was before gonna, he let you play. I will drown myself. <laughs> Before coach, before managing a black player, like Clay, uh, Jesus, relax. <laughs> buddy, relax, like, relax. <laughs> take a Xanax, like <laughs> seriously, chill. Jackie's year in Montreal was an overwhelming success, but it didn't entirely erase the memories from spring training or the abuse that he had taken in other leagues. And you know what? I'm sure it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that years a whole years life of oppression doesn't of oppression just and racial trauma go away because some canadians are nice to you <laughs> exactly. nicer nicer than the other people have been to you nicer yeah <laughs> in the mid-season jackie became convinced he was seriously ill though it later appeared that his discomfort was being caused by stress oh. in his autobiography jackie admits that he wasn't aware of the toll the abuse was taking and says he was, quote, overestimating my stamina and underestimating the beating I was taking. Sweet baby Jackie has anxiety. After a brief rest due to mental and physical exhaustion, Jackie came back and played the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Gazette Sports wrote, there doesn't seem to be anything he can't do. See, that's better. Say stuff like that. Not the colored comet. Oh, there's a quote coming up. (laughs) It's the best thing that's ever been written about sports. Oh, God, I'm ready. 
The Royals barnstormed their way to the Little World Series. So that's like the minor leagues World Series against the Louisville Colonels. One of only two teams below the Mason-Dixon line in the rival American Association. Mm. The first three games of the series were played in Kentucky, where Jim Crow laws prevailed. Jackie wasn't allowed to stay in the team hotel. It was even a big question whether the Royals were even going to show up. Jackie found lodging, but the discrimination didn't end there as the Louisville owners put a quota on the number of black fans that could attend the games. Holy crap. Which is clearly just trying to ensure that the Colonels have a home team advantage. Yeah. Because they're just like, well, black players love the Royals because they have a great black player. Yeah. And so we can't let black fans into the stands. We can't have them here. Maybe, unsurprisingly, given the circumstances, Jackie went into an ill-timed slump, going 0 for 5 in Game 1, the only time that had happened all season, and 1 in one to 10 in the first three games. Mm. His spirit and his bat picked up when he returned home to a hero's welcome. Oh, of course. Royals fans were livid at the treatment he'd received, and they packed uh, the park with full-throated force. Down two to one, the Royals managed to win three games in a row, with Jackie driving in the game winner in the tenth inning of game four. Oh, chills. When the Royals shut out the Colonels in game six to take the 1946 Little World Series, uh, the fans went nuts. Mm-hmm. When manager Clay Hopper and the winning pitcher Kurt Davis stepped out of the dugout in their uniforms, fans swept them off their feet and onto their shoulders, mm-hmm. carrying them off the field. But this was all just a warm-up for the celebration they had for Jackie. As he stepped out of the dugout, the crowd, if possible, grew even wilder. Jubilant fans hugged and kissed Robinson. They chanted, they sang, uh, Illa Gagne says Epaulette. The Montreal Gazette wrote, Men and women of all ages threw their arms around him. His stalkers are shouting, Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. (laughs) One wields a bat, not to club the black man, (laughs) but to have him autograph the bat. And then the best line. Okay, I'm ready. It was probably the only day in history that a black man ran from a white mob with love instead of lynching on its mind. (laughs) Oh my god, that's awful. So terrible. Oh Oh god. It's just like, well, you've never seen that before. Who would have thought that they would come? It's like the Mickey Mouse like clothes, you know, when like the big circles, yeah, and it's like the circle comes around them and it like closes out. It's like Jackie and Rachel running with like those hard eyes bouncing out of the yeah, instead of like a noose. Oh my god, that is. I want to know who that journalist is. That is. That is. I'll send you the link. That is some writing. Wow. <laughs> so so Jackie later wrote, I believe in his autobiography, so he goes to the airport after the game, and he wrote, As my plane roared skyward and the lights of Montreal twinkled and winkled in the distance, I took one last look at this great city where I had found so much happiness. I don't care if I never get to the majors, I told myself. This is the city for me. This is paradise. <laughs> Which is just like... It's amazing what treating people with dignity and humanity and can respect do. respect and yeah. kindness. It's wild. But, of course, Jackie would be called up to the majors to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers the following year, mm-hmm. breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Brooklyn became their new home and a new safe haven for the Robinson family. Earlier that year, 15 of the 16 clubs in the MLB had voted against allowing him to join the Dodgers. Branch Rickey was the only one who voted in favor. However, MLB Commissioner Albert Chandler disallowed the vote and Jackie joined the team. At the end of the 1947 season, he was named Rookie of the Year the first time the award was given. So Rookie of the Year wasn't even an award before Jackie Robinson. We gotta give this guy something. (laughs) He needs something. (laughs) he's also like 28 like he's an old rookie yeah in 1949 he was named most valuable player in the national league by 1950 integration was so successful that negro leagues had effectively closed down so like jackie robinson was such a success story that integration within three years Mm. basically 
eliminates the need for that Negro Leagues. Black people could play everywhere. Black people could play everywhere. Except Boston until 1959. <laughs> During his 10-year career in the majors, Jackie won six pennants. So 1947, uh, 49, 52, 53, 55, and 56. And one wow. World Series in 1959 with the Dodgers. Yeah. In 1962, he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And in 1972, the Dodgers retired his number 42. 42, yeah. Robinson died in October of 1972 at the age of 53. Oh, that's so young. I know. Yeah, 53. I think he died of a heart attack. Okay. Um, so probably, I mean, a life of stress uh, yeah. <laughs> probably wears down on the body. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so in 2011, their former home in Montreal mm-hmm. became a, it was commemorated with a plaque and designated as a heritage site. That's amazing. And Rachel, who is still alive, yeah. so Rachel is 98 years old. She yeah. has this huge career in like academia, but oh. also like activism. She wrote, In Jack's book, he said he owes more to Canadians than they'll ever know. We were passionately in love and brimming with the anticipation of starting a family. I always feel a deep sense of gratitude and appreciation for the attitudes of the people in Montreal. Mm. It had a lot to do with our future success. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I have goosebumps. Yeah. That's that's, so sweet. That's Jackie Robinson and the Montreal Royals. Which... I know on this podcast, we are uh, usually pretty critical of, uh, you know, Canada's history of treatment of minorities and a lot of people's, but sometimes, sometimes we do okay. Yeah. Sometimes we get it right. Yeah. And it's just like, and I think Montreal is one of those cities that it's such an immigrant community to start. We also crap on Quebec a lot. We do. But uh, they did okay but this they, time. They did pretty good. They did pretty <laughs> they good made this our, time around. They made the famous Jackie Robinson feel welcomed yeah. and supported and loved. And you can like, you can definitely feel how big a crux in his life that year was. Like mm-hmm. he goes to Florida. He sees what he signed up for. Like he's yeah. like, yes, I will. I will do this task of trying to be the perfect black player to encourage what? segregation so sure. no, or no encourage the end of segregation. he passed away of a heart attack. <laughs> I know. Years and years of just stress. Stress and like repress Pressure. it. Yeah. Like repress, don't, don't yeah. show your anger. Like yeah. you have to be stoic have about all of this. Have the courage to not fight back. Have the courage to not fight back. Yeah. And you can just see like if he hadn't gone to a city that was going to be accepting yeah he needed that they needed that they needed that year yeah like they needed a year to be like okay we can do this like there there's like things aren't perfect but there's potential that we could have like a happy successful life yeah as semi-public figures like very public figures by the end of his career yeah so yeah wow I loved that. This was a this was a much this is a much requested Ugh. heritage minute. This yeah. is like a, apparently the most popular heritage minute yeah. in the whole catalog, yeah. according to some like reviews and stuff. So it's crazy. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. Oh, I loved it. I loved that. Great job. You too. Oh, and thanks for the posters. So oh my cool. gosh, yeah. I, I like I do want to like I want to see how many we can get. Oh yeah. If anybody uh if anybody listening knows where um we can acquire some more yeah. of the Christopher Hemsworth um Heritage Minute artworks. We'd love to and not get Christopher our hands Hemsworth on some. the actor. No, not that Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Hemsworth. Yeah. ChristopherHemsworth.ca artist artist maybe we'll reach out to him yeah maybe we'll give him a shout (laughs) we like shots in the dark we love that that's what (laughs) we're all about so thanks so much for listening everyone we uh love to give you new exciting content for our episodes about our beloved heritage minutes uh if you're not already following us on our social media channels please go ahead and give us a follow we love to uh keep you posted on everything that we're doing our Instagram is Minute Women Podcast, as well as our Facebook is the same. And then our Twitter is at The Minute Women. Uh, and we have a wonderful website that is www.minutewomenpodcast.ca. Please go check that out. It has all of our episodes uh, right there for you. And uh, yeah, lots of other cool content and some pictures. So check that out. Yeah, and if you like this episode, share it with all of your friends. Yeah. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Yeah. We don't care. 
and make sure that you are subscribed to the Minute Women podcast or so whatever please, platform please, you please. listen to us on. Uh, that way you'll get notified when we post new episodes every Wednesday. And also, if you are a user of Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please leave us a review. Please leave us just like, let us know what you think. Leave us a five-star review. It's the biggest support to us. We have yeah. lots of new exciting things coming up, yes. like our new BNV Media Studio, which Woo! we'll be recording from probably the next time we record, yeah. which is super exciting. And merchandise and coming your way. Merch plans are in the yeah. works. It's very so, exciting stuff. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Leave us a review. Share all the episodes. Yes, yes, yes. We love you all very much. Yeah, we do. Bye. 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 Thank you.